This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. With the decision by Russian energy giant Gazprom to reportedly suspend gas supply to Poland and Bulgaria, could there be a knock-on effect for homes here in Britain? While Russia supplies just 4% of our liquefied natural gas, if you search for European gas map, you'll see how closely our supply and pricing is tied to the continental market. With peace after Russia's invasion of Ukraine looking unlikely any time soon, should we be budgeting for yet more financial pain in the cost of living crisis? And as millions of Britons face fuel poverty, what are the energy companies themselves suggesting to solve the problem? I think it's got to a point now where the government in October, uh, for anybody that's deemed to be in fuel poverty or vulnerable, and that will include prepayment meter customers, £1,000 should be taken off their bill and put into a fund. That fund can then be repaid over a 10-year period. Now, you can spread that across the whole consumer base, or government can partially fund it. That was Keith Anderson, Chief Executive of Scottish Power, at this month's Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy Committee. Now we're joined by the Evening Standard's Consumer Business Editor, Jonathan Prynne. Jonathan, with the UK's relative gas self-sufficiency, why aren't we insulated more from the volatility of the continental gas price market? Regardless of the fact that we're relatively self-sufficient compared with many countries in, in Europe, we still are exposed to the spikes in the prices that are the result of these you know, huge geopolitical military turmoil that's going on a thousand miles to the east. So although we're we're partially insulated, we don't take that much directly, we're not insulated from the price hit, unfortunately. Do you think there'll be a knock-on effect from the Poland-Bulgaria gas situation for British consumers? Probably from the Poland-Bulgaria situation, the price blipped yesterday and it's come back down again. So I, I wouldn't foresee a huge long-term knock-on effect from that. But, you know, the price is elevated. It's at about four times the price of what it was a few years ago. I mean, it's not been just the Ukraine conflict. The price of gas has been high for a year or so now. And inevitably, that will feed through to the calculation of the tariff cap when it's recalculated in August and will come into effect in October. We've already had this huge spike that everyone's aware of that came into effect in April. The average bill went up by about £700. Estimates of what we will get as the sort of second wave in October vary hugely and it depends on where the price sort of sticks over the next few months but you could be looking at quite a few hundred pounds more the worst case scenarios that people were talking about early in the conflict when the when the gas price really hit the roof probably aren't going to happen so we're not going to be looking at another thousand pounds or anything like that but hundreds of pounds more maybe three four five hundred something like that which coming on top of 700 is obviously extremely bad news for already hard-pressed families could you break down what's changed with the gas price cap and why can't energy giants just change for a new cap to save households money 
Well, the price cap is set at a level, it's quite a complicated sort of algorithm formula that sets it. But essentially, it's linked to wholesale gas prices, but at the same time, in theory, allowing energy companies to make a you know reasonable return, a reasonable profit. Otherwise, they'll go out of business. And we've already seen dozens of small operators go out of business, which has massively reduced competition and has made it much harder to kind of switch around to get a good deal. So unfortunately, you can't just set a cap at a low level to help the consumer because then you destroy the industry and you've got no one to supply it. So the cap does have to move in line with reflecting the costs that the suppliers are facing. Obviously, the government is aware of the huge political fallout from that, and they've already, Rishi Sunak has already provided help worth up to £350 per household, which covers about half the most recent increase. But another increase, as we just discussed, another increase is coming down the track. I think it's very likely that come the autumn budget, he'll be doing more to help households, given all the other cost increases that they're facing in their everyday bills. But it is quite hard. I mean, the government, the last package was was nine billion, I think, pounds, and the government's uh, public finances are in a pretty dire state. We've just seen that the government had to borrow 150 billion, I think it was last year. So there's no wiggle room for massive giveaways for Rishi Sunak, but he, he probably will have to come up with something just to help out maybe the most vulnerable families um, who are really facing that heat-or-eat dilemma. And do you have any tips on how householders can prepare themselves or budget? Are there any decent deals out there anymore? Well, I mean, in the old days, shopping around was the, the big one, and you could save huge amounts because all the not just the big six but all the the smaller operators were all sort of in quite an intense price war to offer the best deals and and win market share that has kind of died partly because so many competitors have gone out the market and also partly because of the price cap that prices just kind of rise to the level of the cap and that's it there used to be fixed prices you could lock in and maybe save a bit of money that way but because of anticipation of where the market's going to go, i.e. upwards, the fixed prices are very, very expensive at the moment and it's probably not a huge amount of value in going for them unless you desperately want security, you want to know what you'll be paying for the next five years or a few years. Other than that, it's very, very hard and of course you should do all the things that are long-term fixes in a way like making sure your house is as insulated as it possibly can be, which can make an absolutely gigantic difference to your bills. But that's not a short-term fix, it's a long-term fix and it's expensive, although you know you can get help from the government for it as well. And finally, what's your assessment of a risk of a recession going into the second half of 2022? I have to say all the analysis coming in from the city into my inbox in the last few days has been getting increasingly gloomy about prospects of the economy in the second half of the year and people are starting to talk about certainly no growth or almost no growth and then of course once you're at no growth you're only a whisker away from recession which is two consecutive quarters of of negative growth I, i think it's pretty fairly good chance we'll get a recession over the coming over this coming winter especially as it looks like interest rates are going to have to go a lot higher than the bank of england would like but inflation is really running hot and they're going to have to bring it under control so we could see interest rates at two and a half three percent i guess into next year and that's going to cause a lot of pain for people with mortgages i mean we haven't had interest rates at that level for a very very long time since before the global financial crisis so it's going to cause a lot of pain people on particularly on tracker mortgages um, but on fixed rates as well as they remortgage 
this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back on Friday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.